<laughs> well, previously on the Bullshit Podcast. Tom, dude, wh- why the fuck is Wiz splashing gas all over me? If by Tom you mean the man with an exceptional beard, I regret to inform you that I am not he. What's the matter with you? Why are you so ornery? Splash, splash, splashy. Oh, oh. Stop splashing gas on me! There have been a lot of lies said around this dinner table tonight, Vincent. I believe our associate here has had quite enough. Uh, wait, who? G- God damn it, Whisk, you're Vincent, remember? Play who? along. Okay. <clears throat> As I was Tom, saying... your insanity has officially it- escalated to a point that is terrifying. I thought it was terrifying before, but I was, I was really sorely mistaken. Why am I talking so cinematically? Are you eating? Seriously? It's a big kahuna burger. This is a tasty burger. God damn it! I think it's time to teach you a lesson. Mr. Nate, I want you to lay your palms flat on the tabletop. I am tied up, you dumb son of a bitch. I believe you are correct. How about we take one of his ears? It's about time... We got things going. Let's let's do this. No, 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 no. Whisk, whisk. What this? What the shit? <laughs> we call this a little bit of southern hospitality. Why oh, a pocket knife? Wait, you're you're actually cutting off his weird. Oh sh- no! Holy shit, Wes! Bill, you and I have unfinished business. Bill, who pray who pray tell is Bill? Nate. It was not my intention to do this in front of you. For that, I'm sorry. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Dre, is that a real sword? It's a Tori Hanzo steel, motherfucker. Hawaii, what? All right, hey, hey, Dre, I'm really glad you're here, but I'm really going to need you to stop quoting Kill Bill and get me out of this stupid chair. Tom has officially gone insane. Whisk, cut off my freaking ear. I beg you, walk away now. I can't walk. I am tied up. What the hell is wrong with you guys? No one appreciates showmanship. More than Calvin J. Candy, But Dre, we're kind of in the middle of something here. Hey, wiggle your big toe. Vincent, now you're just being retarded. I'm sorry. Dre, cut me the hell out of this chair. Dre, you didn't think this would be easy, now did ya? Yeah, I kind of did. Ah! Oh shit, no, we're doing this. Oh, yes. oh my god, you caught my arm. Oh my god, whoa, wow, that's a lot ah! of blood. Oh my god, I... Sorry, sorry, sorry! Oh god, god, god. Oh, I'm getting a little... I'm getting a little... I'm getting a little woozy. Wow, this... Maybe if I just start looking at it. Now, this, uh... This kind of got out of a... Got out of control a little bit. Whoopsie. I haven't got time for this Mickey Mouse bullshit! Bullshit, man! Bullshit, 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 bullshit! Everything that guy just says, bullshit. Bullshit! Bullshit! The Bullshit Podcast. Ooh! That's a bingo! No, I don't have Hulk body. He was right about If you said Hulk penis, he was correct about that. <laughs> I, I feel like that I'm going to like be alone with a girl and be like, hey, we should totally get in a Hulk body right now. <laughs> just kill the moods. <laughs> or Jude will say, my daddy has a Hulk penis. And people will get really scared. <laughs> Daddy likes to smash. It's green. <laughs> it's green. It's gangrious. <laughs> Why does Daddy only give me brothers and sisters Wack when he's angry? 
Sooner Bullshit Podcast. Cast. 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 Oh, we sprung for uh, an echo this week. Excellent. Yeah, we can hear you. That was fancy. Did you guys have an, uh, we can you fun, have an we echo can guy? <laughs> Are we recording in a canyon? <laughs> I have an echo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, everyone. That is that is the voice of Daniel that you have heard. Hi. He's back today. Dan's back from the dead. I'm back. He's not dead. He couldn't stay away for more than like three weeks. He's back. <laughs> that laugh it. made hairs stand on the back of my neck when he did that. Is that, is that good or bad? Yeah. Well, how, how long he, has it been since you heard that cackle from Tom? Yeah, why? What is wrong with you? He's got the long, black oh, lung. Got the black lung pop. He's got the black lung. You know, I did. I I, I did. That's a bingo. I I, def, I definitely understood that reference today. Good. So that's like the first one in 21 episodes yeah. that I've understood what movie guy is talking about. Nice. Good mm-hmm. job, Tom. So uh, all it took was our topic for today. Time's learning. I'm also I'm also really drunk right now. Nice. What? Really <laughs> drunk. Why is everybody getting drunk yeah, today? I, I missed the memo. Dude, yeah, why am so I not I've, drunk? Well, I oh man, I, I, I still have work tomorrow. I, so I haven't. Not for me. We had we had we had we had I had a my ba- my brother's bachelor party was this weekend and I st- started drinking Sunday Friday morning, and pretty much haven't stopped. You haven't stabbed? You haven't Scott stabbed? <laughs> still celebrating. I haven't stopped stabbing I haven't random stabbed. folks in the street. I haven't stabbed. <laughs> you haven't I'm, I, I'm fighting the hangover. I don't, I, I'm really Do you speak <laughs> Yiddish when you're drunk. Drink, drink more. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it, man! <laughs> I'm just, just get to the point. Anyways, since, since he's already. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm fighting this. I, I, I'm. I'm scared of this hangover. This inevitable hangover that's happening. But since Nate keeps interrupting me, I might as well let him take it over. No, you, it sounds like you're having like a series of mini strokes. <laughs> but yeah, as as always, uh, way way up to our north, we have Nate. Hello. Interrupt Tom. I'm not interrupting. All the time. Strokes. Different strokes. <laughs> next next to him is whiskey. I had yeah, that's, like about 12, that's, 12, 12 or 13 shots of you. That's and not enough. This weekend. Keep and, going. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and Dre, baby. Dre, baby. <laughs> What's up, girl? Dre, baby. Oh, hey, girl. Hey. Oh, and, hey, girl. How you doing? <laughs> and, our, and our special guest of the week. Spending the entirety of this episode with us, Daniel. Hey, guys. <laughs> just spending the entire Daniel. week with us. <laughs> Daniel. Does that mean he, he's like sleeping at your house list? I don't know anymore. His sleeping bag's in the basement. Got a Ninja Turtle sleeping bag all laid out, ready to roll. Like, like Tom, I was fucking hammered place. last night. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> but before you, hey. How come I'm not invited to these parties? Come He's over, drinking bro. parties. We're ashamed around you. Guys, you know, guys, you know guys, guys. Before we all get interrupted by Nate, let's just let him take it over and let him, <laughs> let's see what's going on tonight. This is going to be a really long episode. I kind of wish we had a more bullshitty topic. But anyways, this is perfect. I'm actually not going to interrupt Tom. I'm going to flip the script and flip it back to you because I know you're not prepared for this. But we normally find out what beer Whisk is drinking. Yes. You committed, though, last week to continuing to watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil Ooh. on top of the other pick. Mm-hmm. So we're checking mm-hmm. in because lately mm-hmm. you have been a walking human fluid bag of yeah. disappointment crushing our hopes and desires. So we're trying to correct this. <laughs> the bag so, is leaking. Yeah. 
We'll get to arachnophobia later in the episode, but we want to know, did you watch Tucker and Dale vs. Evil? You've had, what, like three weeks now to watch it's it? It's been a long-ass time, man. Yeah. <laughs> I actually watched it. Awesome. But I forgot what I it was I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I'm this segment, by the way. <laughs> You're such a bastard. I feel like Tom thinks it's Chris Tucker in it. <laughs> <laughs> what? You tell me no. to use pizza? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Guys, no, come on. Come on. No, I watched this. I... Oh, shit. Stab her in the head. <laughs> hey, hey. No, I, I, I watched Tucker and Dale versus Evil. It's a 2010 comedy horror film directed by Eli Craig, written by Craig and Morgan Jugensen. Hey. Starring uh, Alan Tudyk, Tyler right Levine, now? Katrina you, Bowden, you Jesse Jugensen? Moss, and Sheldon Simmons. <laughs> Tudyk and Labine play a pair of well-meaning hillbillies who are mistaken for killers by a group of called Tudyk. I told you I watched it. I watched it. You watched it on IMDb? Yeah, good synopsis reading, Tom. I'm going to randomly start texting you spoilers to anything and everything. shit. If you don't start watching these movies. Dre's got fangs. God oh, damn it! Claws are out, Tom. That's what yeah. you get, you drunk son of a bitch. She's like the she's she's like the vampire in D- Dale and Tucker versus Evil. Mm. Not Tucker and not Dale. Not the same movie, evil. but all right. Huh. Yeah, huh? I don't think yeah, there that, was vampires in that, but cool. She's like nope. the vampire nope. in it. Nope. No. Try again. Oh, I swung for the yeah. fences on that. It's close. No, Maybe I we didn't just watch agree it. with them from now on. Just yeah, say, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that one vampire. Oh, you're right. There was a vampire. <laughs> Good flick. The hillbilly vampire. So what would you what would you rate it, Tom? I would rate it three. No. I would, yeah, I would rate it three and a half chainsaws being carried by a man with a Jason Voorhees mask? Yeah. No, yeah. a welding mask oh, on. He found the poster on Google. He found the poster on Google. found the theatrical poster. Google images. <laughs> He's pretty adept at Google search. All right. All right, we're done. We're moving on. Whisk, why don't you tell us what beer you were drinking this week, but Tom doesn't get any. Okay, of course. You know the drill. Thank you to Psycho Stick for collaborating with us. Beer is done. Beer is done. Our topic this week for the show is no doubt going to have some spicy takes. So this week I chose a beer from Bent River Brewing Company. We're talking about tacos. Yes. In Rock Island, Illinois, which is right down the street from us, actually. And it's their jalapeno pepper ale. I thought I smelled it. Oh, God. I don't know if I want this. So come... Coming in at 4.8% and 20 IBUs, this ale is brewed with 150 plus pounds of fire-roasted jalapenos in each batch alone. Oh, gosh. Medium-bodied, got its hints of roasted caramel and citrus with a heavy hit of the jalapenos on the back end. So go ahead and take a big whiff of that. And like take a, a sip. Go, go ahead, we can Nate. drop go ahead, in Nate. this? Or? It's really, no, Should it's not spicy. Should we be filming your guys' reactions? <laughs> it's not, it, it doesn't linger. It just hits you quick. Dude, it, and then it's gone. It smells like like the shitty jalapenos like they put Tom on nachos at like a minor league baseball. It does. Game. It does. I was just Curiosity. I was just gonna say, you know, being a, being a Mexican that has a lot of jalapeno stuff, like you guys might want to lube your buttholes up with a little God. coconut oil. Just yes. saying. It smells and tastes so much like jalapenos. <laughs> yeah. ah, it's so good. And Dre's like, mm, I'm gonna love any beer in that picture that I you like put up. All beers. I'm like every uh, beer. Fuck you guys. I'm gonna drink the whole damn glass. Oh good. Let's see it. Chuck. Chug, chug. And Colin's sick to work That's tomorrow. That's how we get Chug. You don't, yeah, you don't have a lot of work to do anyway. Crush a line of tongues on the bathroom counter and Seriously, snort just start snorting. Dan, Dan buries it. Dan buried his little yeah, session Dan glass. Yeah, Dan buried his half-inch swig. Well, he doesn't drink beer. Don't call out Dan. He's our guest. Be respectful, Dre. Just kidding. Wow. Dan just chugged seven beers. Remind us never to... 
come to a bar mitzvah or whatever at your house. All right. I don't know. Are you Jewish? Anyway. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I still haven't done the 23 and me. Like I said, spicy takes. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. We're going to get into bad. the show. We are off to a rocky start. Tom's wasted. And he's having strokes. Dre's Jewish. And we're drinking jalapenos. All right. So for the first time in the young history of this show, we have decided to dedicate an entire episode to one director and one director only. Yay! Can now I say this it is a, Oh, you can say yes. There's going to be a lot of yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Th- this is a director that's been brought up pretty yes. frequently throughout the show, oftentimes because Tom hasn't seen some of his most memorable films. But today, we are going to spend our time talking about Mr. Quentin Tarantino. Yay! That's where I meant to do it. Yay! There you go. Okay. All right. We are going to be discussing and ranking his films, as well as being our usually weird selves and pitching our own ideas for which genre he should tackle next. So we got that going on. We are also pretty much at the end of our patience with Tom, especially after this Tucker and Dale versus Evil fiasco. <laughs> Chris Tucker and Dale versus so, Evil. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna maybe we can talk about this when the segment pops up, but I think we need to make a decision today <clears throat> if we are going to continue to allow him to get away with not having movies spoiled. I feel like we've been very I, generous to him. I'm adamantly pro. That. You've given him a lot of chances. I'm pro as well. He keeps going multiple weeks, so I think today we draw a line in the sand with arachnophobia. That's right. We are going to force the issue, so get get ready, Tom. All right, hang on. i got to catch up. Happy Fun Land is yeah. over. Yeah. Right. And finally, today we are going to be wrapping up this Tarantino boner fest by playing a special Quentin Tarantino-approved edition of the Mystery Celebrity Dating Game. Mm-hmm. All right. Very so let's exciting. get into the news. All right. Most of our listeners probably don't know this, but Tom occasionally moonlights as an amateur historian. <laughs> In fact, Tom, this Key- past week. Keyword okay. amateur. Yeah. I don't know. That's a very <laughs> loose interpretation of the word. This past week, Tom informed us that Thomas Edison and the Edison Electric Light Company. <laughs> Created the light bulb oh as God. a government-sanctioned defense system against brace yourselves, moths. It's a strong theory. It's moth yes, man. Yeah. Well, Tom, no, not just moths. Well, listen, you. That's <laughs> just moths. Tom, you said that the legends of the Mothman are in fact true, and that had it not been for Thomas Edison, moths would have been growing to their true human form and terrorizing planet Earth. So. I don't mm-hmm. understand all this mythology on the Mothman. And you didn't see the Richard Gere movie, The Mothman Prophecy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come on. I don't that's, remember that. That's all true, man. I don't it's like, like the basics. I, don't like I think. Gere. I think it's true. I don't Tom, know. this is insane. Okay, right. no, this look is at insane. this. And now Whoa, you're drunk. look at I this. Yes, no, no, look at Look at this. No, look at this. No, you just literally had three of the five people come at you and agree that Mothman is real. So who's the bitch now? Oh. I'm a, I'm a half a bitch because I have. How did this turn into a bitch? I was half serious. I haven't heard of Mothman. This is your chance to school me and enlighten me. Do you it's want, just an no. urban legend. Do you want me to be it a believer, is. Tom? This is your chance to make you've me heard, a believer. It's folklore. Okay, it's, it's folklore. okay. It's exactly, just like just like everyone is excited about every folklore movie that ever comes out. I've been doing a lot of research, as you all know, on leprechauns Moths. and cryptids. You know, not, I'm not worried about Bigfoot anymore because <laughs> there's enough people working he's a on bitch. him. But I'm looking up. S- <laughs> Fuck Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm looking up skin crawlers and... Circus folk? What? Like circus folk type people? S- uh, no, no, no. Like, Are you uh, talking like, about like a bearded <laughs> lady? No, like... like, like, like skin crawlers. 
No, like shapeshifters. Like, like, no, like this. Like the dog face kid. The dog like Ness. Kid. Like Nessie. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> the Bat Boy. He's very you mean real. the Batman? He looks like a greyhound. They kind of touched on this in uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. What they was Arnie like, a cryptid? <laughs> no. <laughs> when he was showing the. <laughs> Shots no. fired in the news segment. When, hey, Gilbert, no. they wear Bigfoot. Oh my God, Nate. <laughs> Cut that. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. This, this is going to be the best oh my show God. ever. We're, is that you talking to sit at a tree? Okay. <laughs> oh my God. No, I'm talking about when I forget what the, I forget I'm what sorry, the older guys. I forget I'm what not. the older brother's name is. <laughs> I, for, I forget what the older brother's name is. But when he was letting the little kids see the mom, I mean, that sort of touched on it. Like, so Dan, yes. So Carney's, although... <laughs> kind of cryptids are not as well known as say for instance <laughs> like Nessie or the cryptids? skunk ape or <laughs> skin crawlers. Oh my god. How do we go from getting an answer on Thomas Edison defeating the moth population to carnies? Yeah, I, let's hear about I, the moth man. Wait, y'all, hang on. I'm working my way back I'm gonna to drink it. Another so beer first. Hold on. <laughs> the more that you show proof of something, the less fun it becomes. That's why these cryptids such as Mothman that I'm going to talk about are very legendary. Everyone knows of Mothman except for Nate, apparently. Before bef- before there was light bulbs, people would have... I mean, you see it in all these movies. Uh, what? The Village and... Um, what's that one with the goat? What's that movie? Come on, guys. The Witch? Help me out with the goat. The Witch. The, the Witch. Black Phillip. Did he just use M. Night Shyamalan to cite his, yeah. his theories? Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Just, yeah. just, just hang on. There, no. Oh, very historical. Okay, so they 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 always use like lit up like lantern or like you know sticks with wood and Torches. fire fire on the, the ends of the sticks. Torches. Did you say sticks? So they're always using wood? these to. Fire? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but the problem no was plastic broom handles for them. That's the, what they were using. Accurate. Sorry, go on. They were using the candles. They were using the light to see in the forest because back then there wasn't any spotlights. Mm-hmm. The closest thing that they had was a lighthouse, and everyone knows that lighthouses are unstable on hallowed well, ground. Lighthouses aren't lighthouses so that's aren't why they real. Hallowed ground. What? Wait, why can't you have a lighthouse on hallowed ground? Yeah. And what makes a ground hallowed? No. So, or did you say hallowed ground? Like well, it's just the, open underneath it. Isn't it hallowed? Hallowed. Like there's no rocks under it. No. <laughs> what the hell are you talking? About? How drunk why? are you? Why? Why would a <laughs> lighthouse happening? not be able to be built on anything but rocks? I might scrap the rest of the news, Tom. Seriously. <laughs> so what? <laughs> come back. <laughs> so. Oh my god. So rocks are stable. There's rocks by the ocean. The ocean is made out of tiny rocks, sand. It's a super stable medium that you can build lighthouses on because... The lighthouse needs to spin around, so you can put a light in there. You have a giant mirror reflects. You, you know use the whole, that, that the whole structure does not spin in on the a day. lighthouse. It just, is stationary. Just, holy it's shit! Just a building. Oh my gosh! So basically, <laughs> Mothman and on? any creatures of the deep and monster creatures. Why do you think they they had lighthouses out in the ocean? They didn't want Loch Ness monster or any sea <laughs> creatures to, look to for come. Mermaids. So basically. Oh my Christ! But Mothman, there's none of these cryptids from land. None of these cryptids from land have ever been sighted near the ocean. Think about that. Basically, the government ended up hiring Thomas Edison and his group of a hundred inventors to create the light bulb. That's why they did thousands of them. They finally landed on one when they had a good source that wasn't heat resistant. The moths would go right to it because they could feel the heat of the fire when it was a torch so they would never run into it because it'd be like oh it's just a trap but the moths would come up to it and people moths would walk around fly swatters it's a trap. and smack them <laughs> go the other 
other way. Right. Can you say that oh, like general? The problem is, the problem is oh, they, what, what ended up happening is deep in the forest, these moths would grow, to, like Nate said earlier, to human size. And the what government human, didn't want though? people like a, to think like that. Like a toddler or like an adolescent? Or like a cryptid carny? Like no, a tween? Uh, like a tween moth man? Ever, or is it a human being? Like a, like a human So male. when they did kill them, they'd get to about 80 to 90 pounds. I think the <laughs> highest recorded here. one was about 102. Who recorded this? <laughs> no. Was also by Shaman? 100... Uh, 100 <laughs> A hundred and two pound moth. No, there's a lot of information. The government has scrubbed this from human history, and that's how a lot of people. No, hold it. Check this out, dude. A lot of people in the country ended up getting a lot of land. How did all these people get so much land? All these farmers and stuff. This was part of it. The they, part of the deal was the government gave them a bunch of land to yeah. zip their the mouth on people. it. Nope. To zip their nope. mouth. To zip their mouth on it because think about it now. How much is it to like back then in the day? You could get a hundred acres for like fifty bucks, but now a hundred acres, shit, that's gonna cost you, you know, upwards of two, three million dollars. So no the matter where you are, in the so I was gonna say, don't don't factor in inflation or anything over the past hundred ent- years. What? Okay, thank you. The entire U.S. economy is built on keeping cryptids out of our life and making Americans think that they. I don't actually... know what to say anymore. Tom's, should, we, should we just Tom's move on to the next segment? Conspiracy corner. You, you guys want to move on to the next news topic? Yeah, okay. Yeah. There we go. Okay, Tom, you just we've had too much. Tom, it's, it's too much for one day. Godspeed, dude. We got a whole episode to do, man. I will, I will, spent... I will say this. I will <laughs> My say My brain this. hurts. I wish I could be there when Tom is old, like 80, and he's sitting on a porch telling stories to his grandchildren. I want to see the stories that he tells them. I want to hear the stories that he tells them. You know, Very Tom, exciting. Tom, they're paying me by the hour to be here for you guys today. So Yeah. You, know, you don't want to take all night. It's coming out of Nate's pocket. That's how much my personal appearance is. Got point. Go for it. Okay. That's all, right. all I have. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah, we got to move on to the next news topic. That's too much. Uh, Dan, this one's more for you. And I'm sorry. I know you just came back. You're visiting. You're a guest. But we're going to pick a fight. Oh, no. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but Tom absolutely despises the Beatles, specifically John, with a passion. So oh, I know. I exaggerate you not that he he claims that he hates them to the point where his blood boils at a much higher temperature than normal. So I guess number one, Tom, why do you despise one of the most treasured rock bands of all time? And Dan's going to get his rebut. So why don't you explain, Tom, and then we're going to let Dan chime in because Dan Dan's a big passionate uh, fan. Essentially, 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 it's John Lennon. I don't like the Beatles. I don't. I have no problem with Paul McCartney or any of the other no beef beat no beef with those guys. as you would. I've 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 got no beef. Do you with like pre Yoko John though, at least, or is it just post Yoko John, or just John and? No, Joe? I don't like. I don't. No, I don't like. You know what? You know what? Here's the problem. The, my main my main issue, and let's make we'll cut this one short, is that John didn't give a shit about his son, and I don't think that someone. I don't think a shitty father should have any fans. A father is someone that needs to be in a child's life to show them how to navigate through it. I mean, life's hard. We all know that. <laughs> how do you know that he's a and bad dad, though? And John, because of his, first off, his son, uh, has come out many times. I'm pretty his, sure his there was a was, uh, Reddit. Yeah, how old was his son like when he was four, killed? Three. What are you talking about? His son was What are you talking little. about? My dad's never what you, around. What, what do you mean? Well, what, he's what, dead. What am I talking about? No, you're talking. No, you're. I'm. Stop. Dan, please Go on. help me. Go on, Tom. I'm listening. I'm sitting this one out. I tried to battle. No, this Dan, I'm some cryptic no, thing. You guys, I'm, are you know, John in. Lennon was assassinated, right? Yeah, he was like five years old when his dad was killed. Okay. Uh oh, he's stammering. Uh-oh. I don't Uh-oh. think he knew that. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
Backpedal, I mean, Tom. Backpedal. No, I want you. I, I, no. Do you think John Lennon is John Legend? <laughs> no. <laughs> Who probably is a great dad, by the way. I guess. <laughs> I mean, are you guys done? He he wasn't four. He wasn't four years. The kid wasn't four years old. He was seventeen years old when his dad died. No. Yes, he John was. John Lennon, nineteen seventy-five. John Lennon died December 20-something, 1980. How old was John Lennon when he died? Yeah. Who was... How old is John... It 40s? doesn't matter what John Lennon was. His, Almost his, 40? His son was in his teens. His, his son was in his teens. If his son was born in 1975 and his dad died in 1980, wouldn't that make him five years old? No. No. He was not born. He was born in 1963. Do you guys? How how is this that hard? What's a what's how his, son, that, what's that his son's name? What's his, his name? Son's, his son's name's Julian Charles or John J- Charles Julian Lennon. He was born April 8th, 1963. Okay, I didn't know. I don't know these the things. The songs that were. Yeah, I'm, I'm seriously asking. No, but okay. But you guys are coming at me like I'm an asshole no, no, no. and yeah, acting I mean, like I don't know what I'm talking kid. about. No, you're. T- you know, you're. you're t- uh, okay. No, he wasn't no, no, a kid, no. dude. Yeah. He's, you're, no, he's, you're right. He's got two sons. He's got Sean two Lennon, sons. That's who I thought. I didn't remember. He had no one even one. knows about the first son. Eggs, egg, fucking Let's exactly. No one knows about his first son. No, no one knows about his first son because. Oh my gosh, you guys are irritating me right now. But Dan, listen to this. He's as old. Okay. He's as old as your Dan. He's as old as your son is right now. Can you imagine being a be, being a dick and acting like you don't want to be in your kid's life at this age? I mean, you know, you know how much your son looks up to you, right? Right. How much? How much you guys cherish their moments together? So he had a son at the same age as your son and acted like he never even lived, like, that he never was around. Okay. And the okay, only well, person that cared about him in the band was, and the he only was, person that, uh, can no, that he was a, he was a piece of, he was a, he, he was a piece Wait, of shit. Is this, is this guess true what? though? Or is it no, just this guy no, trying just, to get fame this, because he, no one knows no, who he is? No, no, he no. He was, he was married to his mom. Yes. He was married to his he mom. He was married to the mom for a little while. Not a little while. He was married to him before they had a child. He that was his wife. They had a kid together, and then he let Beatles fame take over. The only person that ever gave Julian any credence at all was Paul and so you can't give me the reason that that uh, you're saying that oh John was a Beatle so he didn't have time for him fuck that Paul McCartney was more of a father to Julian than John was so fuck the Beatles because their leader was an asshole but I praise everything after he was gone Paul's wife died so let's see where that got him didn't she have one leg Oh, yeah. did she? I think she so. did. Wait, she did. Yeah. She died. What'd she have? Diabetes. Twenty. <laughs> no, she got her leg blown years. off by a landmine. She was. No, doing that was the second work. wife. Oh, that's Linda McCartney. I hop every died. morning. What? Didn't, didn't Linda McCartney die? Yeah, years ago, twenty something years ago. Then his other wife had one leg. His she, other wife. She divorced she was the him since. Yeah. yeah. Can we yeah. combine both wives? It's cooler if she died and had one She divorced leg. him because he put her in a plastic tote. Yes. Dre. Good call back. Or the win. But also, but so, so, oh, but going back. back to where you guys were talking yeah, about. So, again, guys. so the Beatles that you're, so, no, so this, no, so this, I'm just saying, so the son that you guys were all like, no, he loved his son and stuff. Yeah, he absolutely loved Sean. He treated Sean like an actual son. Because but he just wasn't... to be treated like an asshole. What if the other son was an asshole though? He You're wasn't not taking that into effect. But can't you detach the? Can't you detach the work from the person though? There are plenty of actors whose movies I love who are just pieces of shit. Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Exactly. Sure. Christian Bale. Exactly. Yeah, and I'm really good at detaching that. I mean, think of all the Why can't you Marvel Avengers Lennon, that keep coming out and talking about stupid politics shit. 
I mean, I detach myself no from that. Why can't you do that liberals. with Lennon? Nobody on this podcast made enough Imagine puns. Because I'm very disappointed. I imagine we, we you can, can move do a few on more if you, want. if you want to try. No. Okay. Tom's mad, guys. Let's let's move on. All right, guys. On. Let's all come together, okay? <laughs> all right. So, all right. Let's move on. Let's move on to something else. Oh, man, this episode's just rocky. All right. <laughs> that means it's going to get rapey. All it's right, my, so my fault for being here. And, and really, really exciting news this week. I hate to bring mm. him back into this. I'm kind of angry at you now. I don't want you to get any more news. But Tom got his first tattoo. Oh, God damn it. So, Yay, Tom! Whoa. In true <laughs> so Tom fashion, the circumstances surrounding <laughs> this tattoo were strange, and that's putting it mildly. So I hesitate to let you continue to talk, <laughs> but Tom, why don't you... T- in my drunkenness yeah, state. Tell us, yeah. tell us about this tattoo and how you <laughs> so, got it. I'll give you my 60-second sec, recap. So essentially, my brother is getting married this week, and uh, we had his bachelor party. In uh, like As all guys, we like to hold things off, so we made it the week before. <laughs> we started the party Thursday evening-ish. One of the bets nice. was... On, we did a party bus, and the party bus went for two hours, and uh, the guy that drank the least amount of beers had to uh, get the tally mark, the tally mark total tattooed on I was them. hoping you were going to say tally whacker, but, but yes, they're called tally marks. So, Tom, you're drinking at the wrong the time. You should well, have been yeah. drinking at the party. You should have trained. I should have trained harder. Well, here's like the... Rocky. <laughs> yeah, I should have <laughs> trained harder, because the problem was I hadn't dr- taken a drink of alcohol because I'm trying to lose weight. Before the wedding, yeah, I I should have been drinking for the last three months instead of not drinking. But yeah, I I, I did it. But also because partly part of me knew that every other guy was going to puss out. I had to be the one to step up because if it was a movie, if life was a movie and people were watching this movie and everyone's like, yes, let's drink the beers. Let's do it. Last one to lose, you know, gets a tattoo. (laughs) You would have been very disappointed in the movie. So I just didn't want to disappoint the movie. You should. The the cameras that don't fucking exist. (laughs) You should have just drank zero beers and then you wouldn't have had to get anything tattooed on you yeah beat the system oh that's clever well tom wants to fit in <laughs> he needs this dre he Let gave him in to peer this. pressure gave it. in to peer pressure tom damn it i'm dre. proud of you for your tattoo <laughs> it's so clever that's smart that's a really clever idea Would you have to get a son of a bitch your, uh... but i'm glad you got a tattoo tom. <laughs> i thought it was like all or i thought I, th- I thought it was all or none <laughs> but i guess this this uh, this uh, this opens it up to when you guys come down to this uh down to the farm eventually we're all gonna have a contest, and I guess loser no, has to. Not, <laughs> not I, happening. <laughs> I might as well just get a tattoo now, otherwise I will die of alcohol poisoning. So I'm down for any contest, whatever. Let's just at least I know I can drink. beat you, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> at least Nate knows he can beat me. I can beat you. That's all I need. I just need to be the second worst. I, I actually just I'll, I'll post some video today or tomorrow on the Insta story so you guys could check it out. But I have myself getting the tattoo, and it's really close to my dick, so. There's that. You can just there tell everybody. That. You can just tell everybody it's a measurement for the inches. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, I wish if I if that That's if that really was the idea. case, man, I should have went higher up the thigh. <laughs> yeah. You just got burned by Nate. It's like it's like a growth chart, <laughs> yeah, like for a little kid. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the angrier he gets, yeah. the further along the tally marks yeah. it really, goes. The more erect I get. The, all right. Actually, actually, you, you you all might believe it's the tip of the dick, but it's actually the length of the balls. <laughs> okay. So it's my balls. <laughs> Poor Kate. That's a, yeah. that's a knee slapper. In the south, they call that stretch sick. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys, we are running way over here. Does anybody have any additional news before we get into our first commercial? Oh shit! Nope, I'm good. No. Dan, nothing. Nothing no. you wanna you wanna bring to the table. Tom's talked enough. I had the, no. Tom's good. 
I had the tattoo story. Y'all took it away. Yes, we did. I took it from you. Good. All right, everybody. We're going to take our first break. When we get back, it is time to dive into some Quentin Tarantino. We'll be right back. Oh, sweetie. What's wrong? Oh, honey. He's just sad that Grandma died. He just wishes he could see her one last time. Well, hang on there, buddy. Maybe you can. Have you guys heard of Cyborg Grandma? By Shiko? The passing of a grandparent can be rough on your kids. Help speed up the grieving process and make up for lost time with the Cyborg Grandma. From Shiko, the Cyborg Grandma is constructed from the most cutting-edge cybernetic organism exoskeletons and programmed with Shiko's patented artificial superintelligence, helping them mimic thousands of human emotions and making them the only at-home AI-powered cyborgs capable of love. I love you. After receiving your cyborg grandma, unpack and connect to the included Shiko gas-powered generator to charge the radioactive diamond batteries. It typically takes 36 hours for a full charge. Then, calibrate the digital cybernetic learning system and program in up to 36 phrases or sentences to bring your cyborg grandma to life. Our geriatric cyborgs also come equipped with piezoelectric artificial muscles that are lined with copper heating elements to deliver warm, realistic human hugs whenever you need them. The Cyborg Grandma is perfect for cuddling, naps, dinnertime conversation, and a variety of family activities. They even come with retractable solar panels, so stick them in a chair by the window after dinner and they'll continue to charge. They're like having a real grandma, only without the messy cleanup, and they even entertain themselves. With version 1.3, program in your child's birthday and watch as the Cyborg Grandma dispenses crisp $2 bills. Cyborg Grandma never forgets. I love you. I love you. I love you. But wait, there's more. Order today, and we'll throw in the new Cyborg Off-Road Package with navigation system, free of charge. When you're done with Cyborg Grandma, she can now take herself home. It's that easy. <laughs> Dinner's ready. <laughs> Honey, Grandma, it's time to eat. Mm. I'm starved. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> We love you, Cyborg Grandma. Thanks, Shiko. The Cyborg Grandma from Shiko. Order now. Oh, Shiko! Supposedly, Abraham Lincoln saw his doppelganger in, in the mirror standing behind him, and then two nights later, he was assassinated. I don't know if I like that. As Nate just said his, he's like, my brother just called me the other day and said he saw my doppelganger. No, you have to see your own <laughs> doppelganger. Like, I can never hang out with my brother that, again. Yeah. We're all, we're all oh, like, this is It's getting closer, closer, closer. Nate's just like, <laughs> we don't think I like corner. this. No, nope. yeah, it was pretty stupid. I don't think I like this. Don't want to know. All right, know. guys, we are back. <laughs> hate all of you. I think, I think uh, Whisk is... You are stupid like John Lennon. I think Whisk, <laughs> Whisk is probably about as excited like as I am. But I am getting so excited, guys. I'm getting a nosebleed. We are dedicating today's show nipple rub the entire oh, yeah. damn episode to one director and he is one of my favorites and i believe he's probably one of all your favorites oh yeah but we are going to be breaking down and ranking and discussing the films of one quentin jerome tarantino yay so we have i think we've pretty much 
perfected this format, so let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet. I think we need to go around the group. <laughs> and head- ah. well, it's, f- it's from the wolf. Come on. All right. All right. It's going to be filled with uh, with lines from Tarantino. I got lots of quotes. You better get used to it. All right. So let's go around the group. Let's have everyone share their top five Tarantino movies, why they're great, why they're memorable, and why they rank them that high. And then we'll do what we always do. We will loop back around and see if we can put together a definitive top five list of the best Tarantino films. Sound good? Cool. cool. Sounds good. All right. Whisk, I, I can see your erection from here. You want to go first? <laughs> Bump <clears throat> in the table, man. Okay. Push it down and get going. I am. I'm like pushing down. Okay. I'm just going to go. Don't sit on it. It falls asleep. I'm put, I did. <laughs> put it under your put it, put it under your waistband. That's why I wear a holster all the time. Lift it up. They're like, why are you wearing an empty gun holster? I'm like, oh, find out later. Ooh. All right, let's go. Okay. So- I'm I'm right. I ranked them all because I adore this man, and I did 14 hours of research, and it's not for nothing. So, wait, bear with me. 13, Four Rooms. Number 12, Natural Born Killers. Number 11, Kill Bill Volume 2. Number 10, Jackie Brown. Sorry, Nate. Number 9, Kill Bill Volume 1. Number 8, Django Unchained. And number 7, Pulp Fiction. Number 6, True Romance. My top five Tarantino films. And I only pick films that either he produced heavily or he directed or did the screenplay for. So anything that he acted in, one of them is on the list, but I I didn't count his acting credits. So anyway, number five is The Hateful Eight. I absolutely adore that movie. It has probably my favorite Tarantino character in any movie. Um, Which is? I love Chris Mannix in that movie. Walton Goggins' character, the the racist yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, confederate fighter. Oh my God. Walton Goggins is good in He's everything. He's so fucking funny in that movie. Okay, number four is Death Proof. Um, I believe that film has the best, well, subjectively, it's my favorite dialogue out of all of the Tarantino movies, and it is Kurt Russell's, one of my favorite roles he's ever done. Stuntman Mike. He's a fucking psychopath in that movie. Okay, number three, Reservoir Dogs. Number two, Inglorious Bastards. And number one, my favorite Tarantino movie he did not direct, he produced, actually he didn't produce, he wrote the screenplay. From Dust Till Dawn. And he started it. Good yes. movie. <laughs> Fucking, and it's in my top, I think it's like 38 on my 50 horror movies of all time. So that is it. Awesome. Yeah, any Not of those bad. you want to deep dive into? Kind yeah. of give us some reasons why. I think there's a, I think, well, I think it might be Andre's, but I From Dust Till Dawn seems kind of like a outlier. So, so I want to dive into the Dust Till Dawn is his, he collaborated with his best friend, Not I don't know if they're best friends, but partner, uh, Robert Rodriguez directed it. Um, George Clooney stars with Quentin Tarantino as brothers. They're on their own trying to make to Mexico from the law. He's been busted out of jail. And Seth Gecko, played by George Clooney, is a maniac, but not as bad as Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino is terrifying in this movie. He's like a, a murdering rapist, basically. He's a sadist. Yeah, he's right. a sadist. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it has the best characters over a Harvey Keitel plays the exact opposite of in any other Tarantino film, mm-hmm. being like a pacifist, ex-preacher, Juliette Lewis. And then where we did fuck up, we did the gun episode. We didn't talk about Sex Machine and the crotch pistol yeah. played with Tom Savini in uh, in the bar scene in oh, Dust yeah. Dawn. Um, I mean, that's really just it. It's a, it's a fun it's got vampire peak flick. Selma Hayek, too. That's I was going to say, it's got good, Selma good. Hayek And she puts, her, she puts her foot in his mouth, in Tarantino's mouth. He's got the obsession with feet. 
You okay, Tom? I would actually <laughs> probably. About Salma Hayek. <laughs> I'm not chair. a foot guy, but I would let I'm Salma Hayek put her foot in my mouth. Well, and that movie yeah. was originally an X rating, and they got away with an R rating because all the vampire blood, as long as you just change the color of blood in Hollywood, they change it to green, and it was an R rating. So, no kidding. Yep. Interesting. Huh. Yep, and it's extremely uh, gory. So, I thought X meant sex. Some of the coolest um, practical oh, effects. It does not stand for sex. <laughs> Some of the coolest practical effects are in that movie too. So, Savini. It could Wait, stand for too really? many. It could so stand for rate, too many so F-words. Someone rates in movie XXX. It's not sex. Not necessarily. I just said X. One I didn't X. say XXXXX. I just said X. It's not X cubed. It's one X. Oh. NC seventeen and X NC, are pretty close. I was going to say it'd be like NC seventeen. Yeah, it's basically like territory. NC seventeen. I could go on for days about this shit, but for the sake of time, we'll we'll keep moving. But Dust Till Dawn, <clears throat> so good. My favorite Tarantino flick. Dan, what you got, man? All right. You're a guest for this week. Um, Let's start with five and go backwards. Top five, five Tarantino. So hard to do. I hold a lot of these dear to my heart. Um, they are all good. I mean, there's really no I, wrong I mean, Yeah, this was a tough one this week. I'm not doing this because I don't like the movie, but a few more hold better places in my heart than other ones. Probably five would be Pulp Fiction. I saw that for the first time when I was young with my dad. So I'll always know that as my first Tarantino movie. Uh, Reservoir Dogs, I watched as I first was getting into rated R comedies, and it just blew my mind when he was cutting the ear off. Like, oh, my God, this is awesome. This is the it's best. A har- it's a hard scene, but kind of fun. <laughs> I mean, a 12-year-old yeah. kid, that's the coolest thing you're ever going to oh, yeah. see. And the song. Well, it's right. clever. Mm-hmm. That's how he counter- counteracts like the brutal graphic violence of it is With the choice the of music. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It, mm-hmm. it kind of tricks your brain into accepting it. Three Inglorious Bastards. I just like how they segmented little stories as he normally does and it all comes together at the end to kill Hitler and I struggle with I'm gonna just go ahead and put these both at number one I'll skip number two Kill Bill would be number two now I switch between Django and Kill Bill because they both wow that's that's a lot higher both than I mean a lot to, to me yeah uh, Kill Bill was at the movie theaters when I was working there as a teenager um, and I just saw that movie so many times in the movie theater and that it just gives me that nostalgia back from when I was a kid, a little younger. And uh, Django, just the acting was cool. The doctor in the beginning um, shoots the uh, the officer in the middle of the town. And then he's like, now go get your next of. Yeah. Yeah, no, this, that's badass. Yeah. So, uh, yep, that's where I'm at. Long-winded. Nice. I love Django. <laughs> Django's good. Mm. It, it I it didn't make my top five, but again, it's so Neither. hard. It's it's mm-hmm. like it's like ranking the MCU or Pixar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. What you got, Trey? So, actually, I'm going to start with the honorable mention. You're going to be so disappointed, Whisk. That's okay. Dusk Till Dawn is an honorable mention. Subjective. I, I went back and forth between putting this on my list because I think this is the the one of the only Tarantino movies that like. I will watch it if it's ever on TV. It's one of those movies that I can just watch over and over and mm-hmm. over again. Right. I love it. I've seen it's it. I'm bunched him. Yeah, it's it's the one I've seen the most and out you, of all. His and movies. you don't have to apologize. There's no wrong answers. Oh we're, no no no! We're, we're I just, all right. Finish your list being, and then you can yeah, just see yeah. yourself out. So. Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> then I can just go play. Finish traffic. your list. Yeah. Get the fuck um, out. So are we going backwards yeah. to everyone? Okay. Let's go through it. Number five, I actually put Kill Bill Volume One and Two because okay. Okay. when they're supposed to be one, they're supposed to be one I technically. Did the same thing. Thank you. Um, Fucking cheaters. My 
I I love both of these movies. I know that two kind of dragged a little bit more. It wasn't as, you know, it wasn't as intense as the first one. It kind of gets a little bit of flack for that. But We're getting the story portion. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I love, especially in the first one, I love the martial arts influences, the Japanese influence. Um, I really like how he structured it with, you know, each segment was her list of targets. And one of the things that I liked best about the movie was it felt like there were almost different worlds created with each target. Um, so it was really cool because it it kept me entertained because it wasn't just monotonous. Like it, it was almost like a new like world building within the movie Graphic itself. Graphic novel. Exactly. Like you know, a different story with each with each character, which I thought was was really cool. Even um, the way it was shot, like Robert, he usually uses Robert Richards, Richardson for his cinematographer, mm-hmm. and so the, even the way that they lit and and designed the set for each scene, everything yeah. was very self contained. Um, exactly. Very yeah. specific to who she mm-hmm. was fighting yep. um and i love the showdown between her and um oh what's what's the character not Oren the character's name Oren, but what's lucy lou lucy lou yeah. uh that was just epic and then her bodyguard with the chain and the the go-go she actually hit mm-hmm. tarantino in the head with that on accident no way yeah, they had to stall oh my for God. a while yeah see that's brutal yeah um and then number four i have inglorious bastards because it gave us Christoph Waltz. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah. one of, it gave us also one of the most intense, suspenseful dialogue scenes in the beginning where he's trying to, you know, sniff out the family under the floorboards. Um, it also, I, I thought something that was really interesting was the scene where Diane Kruger is being interrogated by him when he chokes her. It's actually it's Tarantino. Tarantino choking her. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Very cool. Go ahead. Nate. No, I was no? going to say Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I don't have enough room to put my elbow in my, my fist. <laughs> on so. your chin. Just air it. Just air it, bro. Just airing it. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it was another reference to spaghetti westerns that he does. And then also, I mean, who doesn't love seeing Nazis getting scalped? It was just like an adrenaline, like, yes, you know, right. like, get those assholes. I had Inglorious as two, but it could be one. Um, I wanted to add to that. Besides Seven and California, I truly believe this is one of Brad Pitt's best roles as Aldo Reigns. Yes. His agreed. accent, the way he looks and speaks, his cadence in that whole movie is fucking hilarious. Yeah. It's so funny. It's fantastic. And when him and Christoph Waltz are on screen together, Waltz is terrifying in that movie, by the yeah. way. He's a scary motherfucker. It's a very... I, I've, I'll get to my list, but one of the things I want to chime in on in Glorious Bastards, I think what made uh, the character of Hans Landa so terrifying is... It's really hard to write dialogue or to create characters in these Nazi-type movies just because mm-hmm. everything ends up being very cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought what was actually really clever is he actually made him more cartoonish than most. Like mm-hmm. When you think about mm-hmm. it, like the a, laugh. lot of the, a lot yeah. of the things that, that yeah. laughing Hans Landa does, he's very cartoonish. Yeah. But he laces all the dialogue and all these scenes with like a menace. It's yeah. just kind of laying underneath the surface. So I think that's what makes it such a nuanced, unique character <clears throat> and performance. Like, all, all, just shows you how good of a writer also he is. with Landa is he knows what the audience knows, not mm-hmm. what the other characters in the movie know. Yeah. yeah. So he knows more than you, basically. You know what I yeah. mean? That's that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a very multifaceted character for on the surface just seems like an over the top Nazi villain in a yeah, movie. Yeah, I so mean and, cool. and absolutely like anyone else, it, this movie almost didn't get made because of that character like if 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 Stop Tarantino my notes, Dre. yeah yeah <laughs> if Tarantino hadn't have found Christoph Waltz he the movie wouldn't have gotten made because there was Correct. no one that could play him like that very true um so then my number three I just 
and I love this movie. Uh, my number three is True Romance. Um, yes. Even though it was written, it was written by Quentin Tarantino. It was directed by Tony Scott, so this isn't one he directed. Um, Gary Oldman as mm-hmm. the, the pimp. Rasta yeah, my so awesome. God, Drexel Spivy. <laughs> so awesome. Um, one of the best. I mean, he Gary Oldman has actually said that this is one of his favorite characters he ever played. It's phenomenal. Um, there's and lots it, of big actors and small lot, bit parts. In an amazing, young Brad Pitt it has too. an amazing cast. It has Brad Pitt again. Um, actually, I, I don't like Patricia Arquette as an actress, but I I really liked her in this role. She's as sweet as honey um, in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a fan of many Arquettes, to be honest with you. Mm, yeah. They're hit and miss. Yeah. I like David Arquette in the screen movies. I like and, David. And actually, um, one of the other things that I like to link is that. Um, Drexel inspired one of my favorite scenes from Barry on HBO when they're doing the uh, improv with that scene yep. from True Romance. I've never seen that. And, he, and he's not doing the oh, accent he, even remotely close. Yeah, he close just to doesn't even know what he's doing. It's great. Barry is a phenomenal I've show. I've never seen Barry. It's so good. It's good. It's good. Um, and then the, the other thing I like about True Romance is that amidst all the violence and the intensity, it never loses that, that, um, like, that sense of... It's surreal. Like, yeah, it's surreal. And then it also still has that, like, the care factor to it between the two, you know, between the two lovers. It still mm-hmm. has that, like. It's a uh, demented love story. And I, that's kind of the balance that carries all the carnage and chaos that goes on throughout that movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's really nuanced. Yeah, it, has, it still has sentiment to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I have Pulp Fiction. Um, just because, I mean, this is still one of his most renowned films. I had to had to put it high on the list. I love the movie. I love how he interweaves all the storylines. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, th- you know, I'm not educated enough on this to know for sure, but I think this is one of the first movies that started doing that. And I feel like With a the lot... the non-linear storytelling Yeah, the non-linear storytelling and how they all kind of intersect at some point and you have the crossovers um, between Rashomon characters. Rashomon was the first. Rashomon, okay. that's... I mean, Didn't that, he borrow from that movie too? Like he borrows from so many. The, the structure oh, yeah. of this was borrowed heavily. Rashomon yeah. was the first to essentially break a movie up into very separate stories and just mm-hmm. have all the different story and character arcs, you know, intertwine. Mm-hmm. Or you're seeing it yeah. from different point of views. But so that, ins- that's the first. Yeah, right. and this inspired that. I mean, well, yeah, he's the king of pastiche, you yeah. know. So he was paying homage. And then number one, I have Reservoir Dogs. This, you know, this was the one of the first crime thrillers I ever saw. Um, so this really got me into that, that genre. I really love crime thriller movies now because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I mean, the dialogue is incredible. Um, you know, it's still to this day named one of the greatest independent films ever made. Um, number two, I believe. Number two? Yep. The second greatest, it's been voted the second greatest independent film of is all time. Really? I thought it was number one. Nope. Number two. Interesting. I what one was. No, one was Mean Streets. Okay. Yeah. Halloween's got to be up there, too. John I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. And Blair Witch. Yeah. But yeah, so this one was great. I, I loved his decision to not show the actual heist because then it forced the audience to focus on... It wasn't a, necessarily a movie about a jewelry heist. There were more themes to focus oh, yeah. on. It's their day yeah. exactly. leading up to it. Exactly. Yeah, which is so it's a character-driven. Awesome. It's a character-driven. Yeah. It's dialogue-driven. Um, and then also, this was, again, one of the first movies I saw, probably because I saw it when I was way too young to be seeing it, where there was... I liked the reveal slash twist of Mr. Orange being an undercover cop. And I like how he actually brought that in in the middle of the movie because then it really just increased the tension throughout the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So... Your list is list. very similar to mine, except for one. Mm. Um, it's actually identical, except for one. You guys are fucking <laughs> cheaters. 
Yeah, we share notes. Tom, you want to go? You want to go last or you want to go next, Tom? I can go now. Yeah, go now. Um, okay, mine's, I'll be quick. Uh, yeah, I did this. I, I, God damn it, Dre. I sort of did the same thing for uh, Dust Till Dawn because he didn't he didn't direct it. But uh, I put that as my honorable mention. Uh, yeah. Then after that, uh, let's do real quick. Uh, five, Django Unchained. Four, Death Proof. Three, Pulp Fiction. Thank you guys for making me watch You're that a welcome. few weeks ago. <laughs> I also, God damn it, Dre, counted uh, Kill Bill 1 and 2 as one movie. So that's going to be my number two, and the very first, uh, the very first, uh, let's see, Tarantino movie that I ever saw was Reservoir Dogs, mm-hmm. and I thought that it was perfect. I mean, I wa- probably watched that movie upwards of 12, 13 times. Safe, safe to yeah. say, so far, I think so. Reservoir Dogs is going to end up being number one on our list. Right. I think so. Might. Well, maybe. Dre and Dre and Tom have it as one. Where do you mm-hmm. have it? Three. Yeah, yeah it'll three. probably be one. So it's have it probably going to be. It doesn't. Oh, you didn't have it on your I don't list, get you? an official vote. I'll throw my It's probably going to end up vote in there. Okay. Yeah. No, you get an official. You're You get an official vote. You're here. Don't, okay. vote. don't sell yourself yeah. short. Yeah. All, All right, right, Nate, let's see what you got, dude. All right. So, number 5, uh I I honestly thought this was going to be higher, but I did the same thing. Um well, let me do my honorable mention. So, number 7 from Dust Till Dawn, 6 Reservoir Dogs. I it's not that I hate on Reservoir Dogs. I think it's a great movie, but it's I I see too many flaws in it that he perfects in later, later films, movies. which mm-hmm. is why mm-hmm. I appreciate what it, he did on such a shoestring budget, and it really mm-hmm. did change the genre a lot, but it's not as polished as his other movies, and I think it's very raw. I think he's yeah. reached greater heights after that, so I just had a really hard time putting that in the top five. Um, number enough. five, <clears throat> I did do the same thing. I, I put Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2 as one film, and I did that because that was the way it was shot, that mm-hmm. was the way it was edited, and that was the way it was intended to be released until at the last minute the Weinsteins freaked out and yeah. were terrified to put a four-hour movie in theaters, so well, they split it in half. Well, it came out... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, Volume 2 came out, what, six months after Volume 1, which is pretty rare to release two movies and, so close together. Well, and also one Uma, was summer, Uma, one was right around Christmas, if I recall. Yeah. And Uma Thurman was pregnant, too, and yeah. he refused to recast her. So yeah. he said, I don't care yeah. how long this takes. He's like... Boom is coming back, so mm-hmm. it's a great. A lot of a, things working against it. It's a great movie, and and that's why I think it did. It actually does. I think the people had their reactions that they did to Volume Two because of the way it was released. It actually does a disservice to the movie. Had it all been one whole yeah. thing that you watched together, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think the reactions to Volume Two would have been what they were. Um, number four, I have True Romance, and there, there's two things that I want to toss into this real quick. I, I'll try to make this quick. Right. But it's your show. Do what you want. My my favorite single dialogue scene in any Tarantino film is actually in True Romance and this sticks oh, which one? This, oh, no. this, well this sticks <laughs> out of my mind one? when I was uh, when I was going to film school at Columbia uh, I remember <laughs> one of the first writing classes I took uh, well at the time I was taking a writing class and an acting class and they showed this scene in both classes as a master class in building tension through dialogue and nonverbal acting cues, so facial expressions and gestures and movements. And this scene is just always stuck. But it's the the scene between Dennis Hopper and Christopher Walken. Mm, yeah. Um, oh, where yeah. Nice. He's trying to find out where his son is. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Hopper is very aware that he's going to die within a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. So he asks for a cigarette. And he knows he's going to die. Christopher Walken knows he's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. And he uses this as a moment to make one last-ditch effort at offending the entire Sicilian pop- population. <laughs> so he goes through a whole history of the Moors. <laughs> or yeah. How the Moors invaded uh, Sicily. Yeah. I won't get into all that. But <laughs> the scene is a masterclass because it's, it's a hilariously offensive, racist <clears throat> story 
that he's purposefully doing to make him mad, hmm. yet Christopher Walken is just like sitting his, there. His, his face is just lighting up, and yeah. he thinks it's hilarious. Yeah. And it, but it's tense because mm-hmm. you can you can actually see Dennis Hopper as he's telling the story start to fidget and start to get nervous. Mm-hmm. Knowing that he's going to be dying, and it's just—it's mm-hmm. a masterclass. It's so good. This was an actual story Tarantino was told by someone. Oh yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. That's why he put it in there. Mm-hmm. And it also has one of my favorite super duper small roles, and that was Val Kilmer as yes. Elvis. As <laughs> um, Val Kilmer originally <laughs> wanted the lead. His agent tried to get him the lead, hmm. and they wanted it to go to Christian Slater because of his role in Heather's. They thought he could carry mm-hmm. the darkness better, mm-hmm. and so Val Kilmer begged for a role in it, and they gave him. Uh, Elvis. And actually, what do they call him? The mentor? Because they didn't yeah. want to pay to yeah. use Elvis. They didn't want to get name. the right, so they referred yeah. him as a mentor. Tarantino has an obsession with Elvis, by the way. Oh, yeah. That's why he was in there. Uh, number three, I have Inglorious Bastards. We've covered that enough. Uh, Pulp Fiction, I have at number two. Mm. And solidified I mean, it, his status. It's one of the greatest, it's considered yeah. to be one of the greatest films in cinema history, so yeah. it's got to be up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My number one, I know nobody else is going to have this. Hear mm-hmm. me out. I'm going to plead my case for this, but in my opinion, the greatest Tarantino film of all time is Jackie Brown. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to come with us. So this is the only adaptation he's ever done, and he did it off one of his favorite novelists, Elmore Leonard, who is amazing. He wrote Get Shorty. He wrote Out of Sight. wrote a book called Rum Punch, which is what Jackie Brown's based off of, and he wrote the short that inspired the show Justified. He's awesome. Um, But what I thought was amazing about this is I would actually say that – I'm going to get super serious – but. A lot of Tarantino characters that he creates have a sadistic undertone to them, Mm -hmm. especially the male characters. And I would argue that this is the most human and real characters he's ever written in a movie. Um, Most of his characters kind of talk in a surreal way. The dialogue, all of these sequences don't exist in this this world. They exist in the movie world. Mm -hmm. And everything in this movie is written and grounded in reality. Um, he took uh, a character in Pam Greer, revived her career. She should have gotten an Oscar nod for this, and just made her a very empathetic character. The romance between her and Max, the bail bondsman, who's played by Robert Forster, is some of the best you'll ever see in a movie. Revive their careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is one of the only movies as well. I would say this has some of his, some of his most inventive cinematography. Uh, it's the only movie he hasn't used Robert Richardson. He actually used Guillermo Navarro, who is Guillermo del Toro's go-to hmm. cinematographer who won for Shape of Water, won an Oscar for that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just such a balance of it's charming, it's hilarious, it's violent, it's romantic, uh, it's incredible, and in my opinion has one of the top three best ending shots hmm. in cinema history. Don't like tell the, me what it is. The, I, I, I'm going to sh- I forgot. I'm you know, have you never seen it? I haven't seen Jackie oh, Brown. Okay. Final, That's one of the only ones I haven't seen. The final two minutes and about 45 seconds right up until the credits roll is just perfection. It is okay. so freaking good. Sam Jackson is just yeah. about in every Tarantino film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That might be my it's favorite my Sam Jackson character. Robert, it's got a really great Robert De Niro role yeah. in it, too. Oh, it's okay. really, really Sam good. Jackson's Love really Robert good in it. I, Robert De Niro's scummy. I've I've like Michael Keaton this. playing against cast what? in this, too. Yeah. Stop Keaton's it. In it. Um, it's oh got everybody. God. How have I it not is, seen It is the only Tarantino film that doesn't fit in the Tarantino quote-unquote universe, universe because all of the movies are connected in some way or another. Mm-hmm. This is the only one that is in its own universe and stands alone, which I find pretty cool. It's even beautiful. True Romance is in his universe. Yep. Yeah. He all didn't even direct that. After this Born is, Killers is. This, they all oh, are. Yeah. This movie is beautiful. Please go watch it. It's yes. so freaking It's a good movie. It's, uh, I, know I'm gonna, I will watch I knew this, this was not going to make the top five, yeah. but I had to plead my case for it because this... Oh, yeah. Every I always say maybe the next one will one-up this, maybe the next one will one-up this. This uh-huh. is... Since the day I saw this in theaters, this has been my favorite Tarantino mm. movie um, back in 97. So that's what I got. All right. We got our picks in. So I think we need to do what we always do. Let's go around and based off of everybody's rankings on their list, which movies show up most frequently, I think we can put together a top five. I think 
the number one's pretty obvious. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. It sounds like number two is pretty obvious, too, in Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yes. Yeah. I, I have it as an honorable mention, but Dan's got it, Dre's got it, you've got it, Tom's got it, all in your top three. Yeah, I have it Pulp, number two. Yeah, I have it number two. Okay. I think number three. So, I think Inglorious Bastards well, might actually be three. I think you're right. So, I have it as yeah. two. I have it as three. And I have it be... as four. Okay. Tom, how high do you have Inglorious Bastards? I don't think he had it. Dan had it at four. It's got to be three. It's three. No, we'll I've, go with three. I'm a, I, I've never seen. I've never seen Inglorious Bastards, and you guys have it so high up. Like maybe uh, you it's know, on Voodoo, dude. Uh, maybe you don't even have to yeah, go beg it. me to watch it. Yeah, I'll just yeah, check you it should out. watch it's it. It's amazing. Yeah. You're 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 really gonna like it, especially if you like history. Yeah. Yeah, it rewrites it. If it's in the top five, it, if it, if it's in the top five, yeah, I'll definitely it's, go check it's, this out. It's yeah, easily, sure, I that. could flip-flop Dusk Till Dawn and Inglorious Bastards as my number one. I love Inglorious that much. It's really, really, really good. So. Yeah, it's so awesome. So we have that as cool. number three? Yeah, I think Kill Bill Kill Bill's the other one that I think made it just about everybody's list, so that's mm-hmm. probably number uh, four. Did you guys have Death Proof in your top five, anybody? I don't Okay, know. only we, Tom and no. I did, so we'll put that one to the kill, side. So kill, so kill Bill counts as what? One and yeah. two? That's that counts two, as that's one movie. We'll yeah, count them right. as one. That's okay. fine. So, so that's one. what, four? Thank you. That's four. Right. Well, okay. what's True I'm, Romance? Yeah, I'm good at, I'm yeah good what's True Romance? Because I have that as number three. I have True Romance higher as an honorable mention than Kill Bill. Do you stipulation that it could be his only direct movies? or No, it could be. No, it could be all that stipulation. Because Dan had... Dan had Kill Bill top five. Tom did. Dre did. I did. As top five. Oh, yeah. Okay. So okay. I think that's got to. I slip had Kill Bill four. one and two at number. five. Well, then True Romance has to be five. Yeah. True. Yeah. I had True Romance as number three. Did you have it on your list? Yeah, I had it as number yeah, four. Yeah, you did. I have True Romance as my first honorable mention. So is that with Arnold? He wrote it. He wrote it. You wanna see? So so that's my so my whole problem is is my list. And you guys can take it or leave it how you want. My entire list was just directing, all only, only directed. directed. So, yeah. So that's when okay. you guys said that's yeah. why I had that's why I had Dust Till Dawn as a honorable mention. So yeah, it's Dust up to you guys. Dawn. I don't care. I, yeah, I mean, True Romance is probably higher. That's probably slipped in at five. Um, we're gonna share an interesting tidbit because I, I did what you did, Tom. I did ones that he wrote. So he wrote Dust Till Dawn. He wrote True Romance. So I mean, he mm-hmm. created the foundation for that. It's a Tarantino world characters, but mm-hmm. I did not do. I didn't go to the extent of like producing all that, but yeah, it sounds like True Romance. See, I didn't know his. True Romance is five. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I didn't know that his worlds extended past the movies he directed. I thought Mm -hmm. only the movies he directed, just like just like Kevin Smith, were only the movies that had the. uh, No, he can he connects them even in the ones he writes. Yeah, I'll 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 blow your mind. I'll blow your mind shortly. I'll blow your mind shortly. So before we. Before we move on, then, like Whisk, we're going to pass it over to do some f- some facts and talk about that. Um, so it looks like we are we have our top five. It's number one, Reservoir Dogs. Number two, Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Mm-hmm. We have number three, Inglorious Bastards. Number four, we're going to just combine both Kill Bills, and then number five, we have True Romance. Yep, yep. Awesome. That's, that's a fucking great list. It is. Yeah, it's a great list. Django Unchained. You jerks. I have that so near the bottom. Dude. Yeah, I do too. No one. I have that in Death Proof. That was on my list. The only reason that isn't my bottom is because of Leo's performance and. Well, thank you. Honestly, I I have that movie ranked so low. What? Because I find. Really? I just find slavery and racism in general very icky. No matter what kind yeah. of movie it is. Any kind of movie, like 12 Years a Slave, like any movies yeah. like that, it's very icky for me to watch. I That's, don't know. Uh, how, it's not how entertainment can you say that? Like every to me. Scene, I agree. I feel like every... I no no I feel like I feel like every single movie that Tarantino does he, he has a message he of some sort brings up he doesn't I, there's I undertones I get not, what you're saying yeah. Tom there's undertones but they're it's not, not, not th- that's what I'm saying they're not they're not hashtag Me Too movies yeah. Yeah. yeah every single movie though he he presents it how it is 
how Sam Jackson's characters are, you know, I'm just going to say this, like how he treats Sam Jackson's characters in movies and how he treat like how he treat basically how he treats black people in movies to bl- how he treats women. Movies, yeah. They do mirror yeah, society. But he's, yes. How he treats mirror. They're they, also they, they usually mirror, able so, to defend themselves. I, though I mean, in like, the Django Unchained, you're constantly seeing black people being whipped and things like that. That's, that's what I'm more so talking about. It's an undertone, but it's but not the centralized So just because you're like in Django. Okay. I, and I know I'm not going to change your right, and I know I'm not going to change your mind on it. But that's the the thing that I appreciate about Jango Unchained is that he showed it how it mm. was, and he didn't gloss mm-hmm. over right. the fact that that's yeah. literally yes, I, what it was. It's yeah. still a good movie. So yeah. I mean, that's why I have it so high up because I honor him. I honor him in the fact that thank you for showing us what it was. Thank you he for went showing there. us how society, how white people treated black people. He did go, he went there and he didn't have any qualms about it. He was, yeah. he stuck to it. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that movie and that's why I think it's five. But, for, yeah, I'm and not you did, your mind. But anyways, so, <laughs> so alright, I'm, I'm sorry Tom, I'm just kidding. Alright guys, we are, we are way over time here, so. I will breeze through these. Well no, I'm gonna actually, I, I wanna make sure we get, get to I'm those. I'm gonna make it longer, says Nate. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going up, we're going a full two hours today. No, we're, we're gonna actually skip out on, uh, our weird little spinoff movies because mm. we are just way over time. Okay. I, I'm more interested in hearing what you got. God damn it! Hold on, real Can you quick. Share it? No, real quick. I created a spinoff movie. It's okay. Okay, it's called. I created a spinoff movie. It's it's called S, and it's after every single letter is a dot, like a period. So it's S P A C E. Okay. It's a dark adventure mafia epic. <laughs> it's about a crew that has to go into space. But it's after a mission to Mars, after we have colonized it already. It's the first trip that we take to Titan that actually in our, like what, what scientists have, have observed, that has a high possibility to be colonized. It stars, obviously, Sam Jackson, <laughs> but every single, so so real quick. Tom's so, so excited so about quick, this. He wants to make SPACE. I'm it's so excited. It's about every single, like every single actor that's in this movie has been in a movie that has been about space. So obvious, Sam Jackson from Sphere. It has Chris Pratt from oh. Passengers, Steve Buscemi yes. from Armageddon, Matthew McConaughey yes. from Interstellar, George Clooney from Gravity, also Sandra Bullock who plays the only woman in this movie from Gravity, Kevin Bacon from Apollo 13, Chris. Tucker from Fifth Element, Bruce Willis, <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Willis from Armageddon, <laughs> Chris Tucker and Dale. <laughs> said Bruce Willis as Willard instead of Chris Willard. <laughs> Vin Diesel from Pitch Black, Matt Damon from The Martian, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, mm-hmm. James Frankel from Alien Covenant, and he is the main character in this movie. He actually, instead of dying within the first thirty seconds, he dies within the last thirty seconds wow. of the movie. So Tarantino does a flip mm. on this one yeah Flipping so he gets a lot of screen time uh it, it and and obviously it has a uh cameo by marky mark and that's because he was in planet of the apes nice <laughs> so that's that's it we're in space okay <laughs> we're going to mars okay <laughs> <laughs> no not mars Go we're on. leaving I, mars okay we have enough oxygen they're going to, okay they're going to saturn we're going to sleep for like 100 light years okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, I feel I'll bad. Does anybody want to share share theirs? Like how much? I've Mine was very nah. short and sweet. I really just <laughs> want to see. I said nah. I really oh. just want to see Tarantino do a straight up horror movie. Being a horror junkie, I want to uh, see yes. a very Agreed. legit slasher. Specifically, I put giallo horror. horror. Okay, awesome. Like, like a G- like Italian he, giallo. He genres, loves like Halloween, by the way. Yeah, Carpenter's Halloween. So I want to see him do a one hundred percent. 
no other blended genre, just pure horror. That's what I. That's that's I, all I really had. I for. had that too. That's okay. pretty much what I put. Yeah. I, I'd like to see him in a period piece, maybe. This is out there, but I always liked uh, like the Jesus movies, like Crucifixion of the Christ and stuff. Passion, <laughs> what was it called? Passion of the Christ, the Passion I, of Tarantino. I'd like to see him do some sort of a biblical take of like Noah's Ark or something. Yeah, something or cool like Moses. that. Just like the Last Supper. Scope and he would actually probably be really fucking good at that. He'd yeah. probably yeah. make a really great film doing that. He probably would. That that Mo would Gibson be actually did. That's good. a good pick, Dan. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I like that, Dan. All right, I got to share mine now. So, oh boy. All right. So, <laughs> Tarantino's a huge movie buff, right? And I imagine he's quite familiar with the Japanese kaiju genre, you know, like all the Godzilla flicks and mm -hmm. stuff from back in the day. So, however, this presents some interesting pitfalls because they usually film these movies in Japanese and then they dub them over with English for American audiences because back in the day, nobody wanted to read subtitles. So, I actually want to see him do a complete remake of these, but. I want him to shoot them classically, like as they would have in Japan, complete with tiny Asian guys in rubber costumes. And I want him to make the entire movie in Japanese, but I want him to actually subtitle everything and do a dub over in English dialogue because I want to see people try to read the subtitles for all these Tarantino scenes, but I want to see you know none of their lips match God the words that are happening in this. <laughs> you know what would be cool if he did a behind-the-scenes movie about that, about a guy who does that? If Very meta. Yes. It's very yeah. meta of you. <laughs> All right. I had, to, I had to get that in there. Sorry. I guess we ended up doing it anyways. But I want to uh, – Whisker had some facts. Like When we're talking about Tarantino, there's so many levels and layers to the things that he makes and the way mm -hmm. that he writes. and the he, He's just such a huge fan of, of the history of cinema that he just puts so much thought and effort into the musical choices, how he, how he homages movies from the past, how he mashes up genres. Uh, so Whisk actually wanted to, to share some – Okay. Effects with the gang. I have I have a couple. Tarantino. I have a couple things for you guys. Some of them we kind of ran over already, and I would try and be very very quick with this. I know we're against the clock, so there's three sections I have down. I have facts about Tarantino. I actually have a quiz, a multiple choice quiz for you guys, and then I have like a quick. I refuse to do schoolwork. Okay. During a podcast. Well, I, and I, and I have a quick little tidbit on how the Tarantino universe is shared. What do you guys want to do first? So are we picking one or all of them? Well, you're going to do all facts. of them. I like the facts. You want to go with facts first? I'll facts. breeze through these. Okay. So the term Reservoir Dogs was is used by gangsters in French films like Breathless and Bande Aparte. Reservoir Dog just simply means a snitch or a rat. So Bande Aparte, he actually named his production company after, a band apart. So awesome. that's number one. Number two, Tarantino gave Tony Scott the option to direct Reservoir Dogs or True Romance. Tony Scott chose True Romance. Makes you think, what could have been, though? What if Tarantino directed True, true. Romance oh instead? Here's the thing about... I, I gotta jump in with this real quick. I'm sorry. It's okay. I keep going, I keep saying we're out of time and I keep talking. Um, the cool we thing own about, the show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. That's Nate. true. Screw all you guys. All right. So the cool thing... The, the, the interesting thing about True Romance is I, I would actually say I don't think that movie would have been as good if... Tarantino would have directed it because of that point in his career. I think it worked out the way it was supposed he did. to. Yeah. He still to this day has some quirks and ticks in what he does mm -hmm. that irritate me a little bit, but the rest of the movie is usually so good and mm -hmm. it kind of mm -hmm. cancels it out. I think like for example that scene I mentioned between Dennis Hopper, Christopher Walken. Walken mm -hmm. I don't I don't think that scene would have sold. I think Tarantino would have the way that he would have directed that scene and structured all of that, he would have fallen 
in love so much with the dialogue and all the cute wordplay that they were doing. I think the tension of the scene and what Wouldn't was actually happening well. would have been lost. And I think it took an experienced director like Tony Scott at that time to actually sell that scene. Well, so I think he made the right choice. Well, and also it wouldn't have been the same movie because Tarantino originally wrote True Romance. It was not in sequential order. And yes. Tony Scott Correct. changed it Correct. and put it in sequential order. So it, yeah. it would have been a completely different movie in a way. Okay, this next fact actually blew me away the most out of all of them. I had like 55 at one point, and I just narrowed it down to like 10, 12. So, Thank you, God. Yeah. In the past, uh, Tarantino had stated that he wanted to do a Bond film. He wanted to direct a James Bond film. The 2006 Bond film, Casino Royale, was purely made because of him. Mm -hmm. That was all on his shoulders. He backed it. He was in line to direct it. He wanted Pierce Brosnan, though. He didn't... Yeah, that was, and he he helped push it forward, and uh, th- that movie was basically made because of Quentin Tarantino. Please even though tell me it, that entire scene with the rope and the open bottom chair was. Did because he get of any him. credits on that? I don't. I don't. I, I honestly don't know. Um, I I just know he got the ball rolling. That seems like a Tarantino. Well, he, movie. The movie was very dialogue driven too. Well, which yeah. it was conflicted schedules too. is the only reason I think he didn't do it. So. So yeah, that's that's pretty pretty fascinating. Uh, Tarantino despises these three things more than anything else: video games, sports, and CGI. He believes CGI is the death of natural cinema. His favorite films, non-influentially, just his personal favorites to watch are Brian De Palma's Blowout, which I found God, which I found fascinating, movie. Rio Bravo, and Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver is my top ten. His favorite films that have influenced him as a director stylistically are Mario Bava's Black Sabbath, which I found fascinating being a horror movie, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because of the blending of genres, and then The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh Um, He actually shows these six films to potential girlfriends to see if they're compatible with him. These are true. He insisted Anne Frank's actual signature is on the Bear Jews bat in Inglorious Bastards. And I actually looked at it. It's it's on there. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. Um, Quentin once worked at a video store, which we brought up earlier, for five years when he was younger, called Movie Archive. He wrote True True Romance, Reservoir Dogs, and Natural Born Killers while he was there. Uh, He has an IQ of 160, which is on the same level as Einstein and Stephen Hawking. He is the most studied director at universities in Europe. <laughs> I thought it was globally originally, but it's, I was but I was wrong. Spielberg and Scorsese and oh, Hitchcock. It's got to be Hitchcock. Yeah, Hitchcock. I would Hitchcock. think Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Yeah. That's all we learned about was Hitchcock and films. And this one kind of fascinating. This is the last one. He hated Oliver Stone's direction of Natural Born Killers, and he wanted his name mm. removed. Yeah. So wow. He he bastardized that entire screenplay mm. for that movie. Yeah. Like he he was originally he just got credited with the, the story because mm. Oliver Stone changed it. Specifically, so the rapey stuff with the dad and daughter you want, stuff. Yeah. You guys want to know? Okay. Quiz fasc- time. Well, I I have one more fascinating fact. I've never seen any of the movies you just listed. Really? You haven't seen Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. You haven't seen Blow It. So those are those are the six None of whisk them. that he has women watch. <laughs> The three that are his favorite, and then the three that are his inspiration. From the information okay. I gathered, yeah, got it's it, got pretty. It. Uh, but he did date Sofia Coppola, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter, who's also mm. a director. This is another fact I left out. So they mentioned Charlie Brown and Kill Bill. You remember that uh-huh. movie mm-hmm. takes place partly in Japan at that time. He was dating Coppola. She was making lost in translation. I was going to say she was making. And lost they bring in up Charlie Brown in that movie too. So it must have been like yeah. an inside joke between them mm. two. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, quiz time. Here we go. All I'll right. do this really quick. Tarantino's most successful box office movie-wise of all time is A, Pulp Fiction, B, Django Unchained, or C, Jackie Brown. I would have to say it. Hmm? Pulp 
fiction. Pulp fiction. Django. Inglorious. Pulp fiction. Or wait, what was the second one? Django? Django. I'm going to say Django Unchained. Django, Django Unchained it is. Ah. Four, 425 million worldwide. Wow. Fuck you, Nate. Boo. So, the five years he worked at a video store, which we've brought up twice now, how many movies did he watch? He watched every movie in the video store. This Jesus is true, Christ. and it is backed up by a co-worker that he worked there with, who's also an actor now. Anyway, did he watch A, 3,000, B, 6,000, C, 8,000? 3,000. 8,000. 3,000. 8,000. He watched 8,000 movies. That 8,000 Yeah, movies. fuck you, Nate. Tom <laughs> can't even watch one a week. I know. <laughs> Burn. You got to get on QT's level, Tom. I don't work. <laughs> I yeah, too bad. Too bad. If TV doesn't follow me around the fucking farm. <laughs> okay, I think Dre's gonna get this one. Actually, Nate probably might too. So, what two films did Tarantino seriously consider abandoning? A, Hateful Eight and Inglorious Bastards. B, Pulp Fiction and Django Unchained. Or C, Reservoir Dogs and Kill Bill. Hateful Eight and Inglorious Bastards. Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight and Inglorious Bastards. Hateful Eight and Inglorious. Hateful Eight was because the script was leaked early online mm-hmm. and he yep. fucking lost his mind. And yeah. we brought up yep. the uh, you brought up the Christoph Waltz. He couldn't find the right actor. Mm-hmm. Dre brought that up. Yeah. Oh, Don't was it Dre? Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> so yeah, he's all, he's he's gonna stop after ten films. He he said that he's he's gonna stop directing either when he hits sixty was what he said before or when he hits 10 films oh fuck yeah never mind he ain't gonna start <laughs> no 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 tarantino has more acting credits than directing because he originally went to hollywood as mm-hmm. an actor mm-hmm. how many acting credits does he have 36 True. 37 or 38 38 37 38 oh, 38 you're all wrong 36, 36. Uh, he actually played an elvis impersonator on the golden girls really <laughs> also, but but My still after this one also fucking neat <laughs> So Quentin loves. What is wrong? What am I doing today? <laughs> Quentin, Quentin loves all of his characters he creates on film, even the villains. You John Lennon sympathist. But he has only truly despised and hated one of the characters he's ever created. Who is it? Is it Hans Landa in Inglorious Bastards, Calvin Candy in Django Unchained, or Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs? Calvin Candy. Hans. Mr. Blonde. Calvin Candy. Calvin Candy. Mm. Mm. Um, Fuck you for agreeing with me. Scream, yeah. Dre. He's, yeah. What did I do? Yeah. DiCaprio begged begged him for that part, by the way. Uh, Quentin you, loves the word fuck uh, and variations of the word fuck. Which movie of his says it the most? Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, or Kill Bill? Reservoir Dogs. Reservoir Dogs. That held the record for a stretch. Yeah. Reservoir Dogs it is, 272, but Pulp Fiction isn't far behind at 265. So. Uh, what did what beat Res- uh, Big Lebowski? I think beat Reservoir Dogs, and then another movie beat Big Lebowski. I'm trying to remember I, what it was. I think Reservoir Dogs also holds the record for most walkouts during the screening. During the, at the can? Thirty-three yeah. people walked out during awesome. the torture scene. Yeah. Well, I bet I bet that horror movie Rob beat wow. that. Wes Craven ago. walked out of it too. Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. Tarantino was ecstatic. I guess uh, Wes Craven was in the lobby. He walked out during I the didn't torture know that. scene, That's and awesome. he said some young kid came up to him and was like, "Did you did you just walk out?" And he's like, yeah, and it was Quentin Tarantino. That's great. Awesome. Okay, longtime friend and collaborator Robert Rodriguez offered to do the soundtrack for Kill Bill Volume 1. How much did he charge Tarantino? A dollar and a favor, a bottle of tequila, or nothing? A bottle of tequila. A dollar and a favor. dollar and a favor. dollar and a tug job. (laughs) A dollar and a a favor it is. That quote-unquote favor was direct a short segment for me in Sin City. Yep. Oh yeah, which he did. It was the dialogue scene with the severed head. Talking Benicio to del Toro. Yeah, mm-hmm. great. It's a creepy scene. Yeah. What famous '90s grunge band thanked Tarantino in one of their albums' liner notes? 
A, Soundgarden, B, Alice in Chains, or C, Nirvana? Soundgarden. Alice in Chains. Soundgarden. Because Nirvana would have been up and done already. The answer is Nirvana. Really? What year was it again? It just says- 94 was- Nevermind came out in 94. He died in 94 though too. uh, It was in the liner notes for In Utero. I do know that, which came after Nevermind. I thought they were going to use Soundgarden in a movie. I looked it up and it is, but he reciprocated. He thanked them- he thanked Nirvana in the soundtrack for Pulp Fiction. Hmm. Soundgarden would have been cool. Okay, almost there. <laughs> Tarantino has a habit of referencing what foreign country in most of his films, not all. A, the Netherlands, B, Spain, C, Brazil. This isn't too hard if you think about Netherlands. it. The Netherlands? The Netherlands, yeah. You know, yeah. Pulp Fiction with uh, Vincent Vega, yeah, the Royale, mm-hmm. and then yep. there's a bunch in Reservoir Dogs. Royale okay. with cheese. This and is the last one. This. this is the last one. Tarantino was obviously hot in the 90s and turned down offers to direct numerous films, including Eight Mile and Men in hmm. Black. Interesting. What popular action film did he also turn down? A, Mission Impossible. B, Speed. C, Con Air. S- Mission Impossible. Speed. Speed. Speed it is. Which would have been awesome because if he would have directed Speed, that means we would have seen more Keanu in future Tarantino films like Inglorious Bastards and yada, yada, yada. That would have been great. What could have been. What could have been. What could have been. So that's it. I mean, we can do the Tarantino universe stuff, but we can skip it if you guys want. It doesn't really matter to me. I know we're kind of up against the clock. (laughs) Yeah, we can save it. We can save it for next time. All right. Thanks for the facts, Whisk. We are going to take a quick break. We are up against it. So, Tom, you may get off the hook this week, but when we come back, we are going to play some bullshit games. We'll be right back. How to Pants Drop with Jason Statham. Whiskey on the rocks. Oh, hi. This is Jason Statham, my loves. You know, I hope you like kids. Because I'm about to turn your mouth into a daycare. Are you ready? Are you guys ready? I'm ready. getting into character. I'm All getting right. into character. Ready. All right, we're back. I'm going to start. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to amp up That's the cute. speed and the velocity of my speech because we are running so far behind. So, Tom, you are off the hook. Don't uh don't get too giddy about this. Hopefully you remember this movie. But next week, <laughs> we are going to ask you about arachnophobia next week, but we are so far over. We got to get into bullshit games. Oh! Are you the one fucking movie I've watched. Bullshit. In like you did not watch it. You're so full of shit. You're a terrible bullshit. Liar. I you know Tucker what? Bullshit. Bullshit. And, and I'll no. just describe the poster to you guys. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go. talk about bullshit. I, you know, I love spiders. I love spiders. I talked about walking through spider webs weeks ago. We'll save it for next week. 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 All right. Okay. Idiots. Guess what? It is. Oh, sorry. Idiots and Dan. It's game time! (laughs) (laughs) Yay! And now, the game show that will make you dumber. This is Bullshit Day! Alright, so today, in honor of the man, the myth, the legend, the the dude with the weird foot fetish, we are playing a special Tarantino version of the mystery celebrity dating game. Yeah! 
And I'm getting into character. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tonight, because he is our esteemed guest, Mr. Dan is going to be our lucky bachelor. <laughs> Except your selections for someone to date are not going to be mystery celebrities, but they are going to be mystery characters from Tarantino films. Okay. Say what? <laughs> so Tom, Dre, and Whisk are going to quote-unquote play characters from Tarantino <coughs> films, but they are not going to tell anybody who they are. Odale, Holmes! Nobody knows. So, yeah. Dan... I'm ready, man. Let's you do are going to get to ask each of them a series of questions to learn more about them, and then you are going to find out who you like best. <coughs> and then, as always, when you are done, you are going to have to pick which one of them you want to fuck, <coughs> marry, or kill. Sure. I'm getting killed this week. Sound good? For sure. Okay. All right. So... Dre, why don't you go first? Dan, have at it. Okay. See what you want to do so with Dre. Dre. Sorry, that's not a bit. <laughs> what is a unique quirk about your character? Well, uh ho 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 oh, 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 oh. <laughs> She likes meat, and that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Describe your ideal first date. Well, I hate and got some wine. <laughs> and wine. She said she's gonna jump at a Humvee. <laughs> I totally, re- I totally got that. Okay, okay, perfect. That's all. She just gets three questions, right? Is that three? I got one more, right? Yeah, you can ask one more. Why all not? Right. Uh, would you describe yourself as a hero or villain? Penis in his ass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Did you, did you get enough info from? I I did. Uh, all right. So uh, let's uh, throw it to bachelor number two, Mr. Tomas. Dan, all ask right, away. Tom, quickly. Mm. How would people describe oh, well, you? Well, 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 wait, wait, wait. You hold down there, Sonny. <laughs> if I was to be given the opportunity, I'd like to ask you a question first. Go ahead. <laughs> oh God damn it! If I were to take you out on a hot southern. Sunny Picnic. Would you have to wear SPF 5 <laughs> oh, 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 oh. or SPF 50? <laughs> I think I know what you're hinting at. I don't know if we should go that direction. I don't think we should go into whether oh, or not... Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> took a dark turn. Wait, 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 sure? wait. <laughs> you don't want me to... <laughs> no, took a dark turn. No, we're not going to talk about pigment. <laughs> 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 We're not going to do that. Wow. Well, then you can proceed. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you sound like Foghorn Leghorn? I think it's brilliant. <laughs> Boy, I do say. I, do. I say, I say. <laughs> Take you on a date. I think I know who he is. I think. I know what is your... I haven't, I've got narrowed down to three. Yeah. All right, Tom, uh, you know, describe your ideal first date. Well... I would say. Right, I think I know who's. Already. That it would be. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> no, 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 no. You wait. You wait Whisk. and listen. I, you know, I, I like, I, I like a good wrestling <laughs> So I would say that if you ever looked into a box of crayolas, <laughs> I would, I would have to buy, I would have to buy two crayolas. And I would have to put up black. No, 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 I would no, have no, to no, put no, up two no, no. black okay. Dan, Dan knows who you are. Yeah. Oh my god, that's enough of that. I almost choked on my gum. You racist son of a bitch. All right, where I whisk, you're up. All I right. don't know if I can follow that. 
Are you going to talk about Crayolas? Crayolas. Okay, I'm ready. That's how they say hi in Mexico. Whisk. How would people describe you? Uh, people would describe me like uh, I'm good with people. I'm good with guns, and I like the snow quite a bit. What is your best pickup line? My best pickup line. Let me see. Hey, good news. I just checked my schedule. You can be pregnant by Christmas. Last one. Would you God describe yourself as a hero or a villain? Oh, come on, man. Isn't the way that I talk. I'm a fucking villain for sure. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, dale. Hey, bachelor, bachelor number two, you want to jump in here and plead your case? I, I honestly <laughs> think he should kill every single one of us. <laughs> Uh, Especially uh, bachelor number uh, two hey, and bachelor number no, three. No, I don't know that. Hey. Oh, bachelor number hey. one's pleading her case. <laughs> oh, okay. You I'm agree? She said, I agree. Three. she said, I agree. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, this is going. Uh, we're never doing Tarantino characters again. <laughs> this it was awesome. <laughs> This was the greatest game ever. That's how we lose all our subs. All right, Dan, are you ready to make a decision <laughs> on who? Stereotypes. <laughs> you want to make a decision on who you want to fuck, marry, and kill? Hey, Tarantino did this, not us. <laughs> Blame Quentin Jerome Tarantino. Uh, kill Tom's character. <laughs> Damn, I thought I was gonna. He's the racist. Uh, racist. Leo, are you sh are Leo you Caprio Donardo's character? Yes, you sure you don't like a little candy in your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> and I would fuck Wix's character. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh, Holmes. <laughs> and I would marry Dre's character because <laughs> I don't have to listen to any of Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, just because of that. So Whisk, who were, who was your character? I was senior. I was Dre senior Bob. The, uh, the Gimp, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Tom's Leo Leo Caprio's character. Calvin Candy, yeah. That was like, and then I don't know who you were. I was senior Bob yeah. from Hateful Eight. It does, <laughs> doesn't stick out. No. I it was will. actually I was actually Butch Coolidge, but it's all good. <laughs> well, well played, Dre. Well I played. guess it's a really good thing I didn't throw mine in the mix. I was gonna be Ordell Robbie from Jackie Brown. Oh, Sam Jesus. Jackson's character. Oh, oh Jesus. Boy. So it got racist oh, enough God. without me. Yeah. So. Hey, hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't needed anymore. That was fun. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's enough nonsense today. Thank you for joining us for our Quentin Tarantino special. Please remember, everything we do on this show is done in-house. We are truly grassroots. This is a four-person operation from the writing to the producing, everything. We are not funded. We do this because we love it. We do it for you. So please support the show. Remember, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Bullshit Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Bullshit Pod. Visit our website, evenmorebullshit.com. We would appreciate the help. Please review and rate the show. Share it with your friends. Subscribe. We will be back next week for a brand new episode. See ya. Bye. 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 Oh, you racist. You racist a-holes. Thank you for listening to the Bullshit Podcast. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Bullshit Podcast. And for more nonsense, visit evenmorebullshit.com.
<laughs> if you don't say it's racist, maybe they won't think it's racist. 